Hello, and welcome to Speaking of Research. I'm Professor Trish Ray, and this podcast is one in our series from the Alberta School of Business at the University of Alberta. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Strategic Management Professor Michael Lounsbury, who studies, among other topics, the relationship between entrepreneurship and institutional change. In particular, a significant portion of his work is focused on understanding how cultural entrepreneurship is connected with the creation of new industries and practices. Mike is a world leader at the forefront of research in sociology and organization theory. He is ranked as a highly cited researcher in economics and business, which is a truly significant measure showing the exceptional impact of his work. Mike has published many articles in the top management journals, such as Administrative Science Quarterly, the Academy of Management Journal, the Academy of Management Review, and more. He currently holds a Canada Research Chair in Entrepreneurship and Innovation here at the University of Alberta. This prestigious chair supports his research examining how entrepreneurial ventures are created, how they succeed, and how they can help social problems grow new markets, and attract investment. This is clearly critically important research agenda for us currently, as the world begins to pro the process of recovering from this downturn we're living in now associated with COVID-19. Mike, it's a pleasure to welcome you here today. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. I wanna start talking about an article that you published in 2001 in the Strategic Management Journal with your co-author, Marianne Glynn. The title of this article is Cultural Entrepreneurship, Stories, Legitimacy, and the Acquisition of Resources. I label this article as a classic. It's been cited more than 2,100 times, with steadily increasing numbers of citations over the years, including the last few years. Broadly speaking, the articles about the importance of storytelling in building an entrepreneurial identity for investors, competitors, and consumers to connect with business. I'm really interested to hear your reflections now. And let's start with, can you tell us a bit about the history of this article? Sure, I'd, I'd love to. This paper was seeded um, when I was a young professor at Cornell and attending an institutional workshop at Northwestern University organized by Mark Ventresca and Matt Kratz. And at that time, they had been organizing periodic workshops at Northwestern and gathering a variety of people from the field. And this is where I met Marianne Glynn for the first time. I didn't know her. Obviously, uh, she was a very accomplished scholar at the time. We were thrown into a breakout room entitled Entrepreneurship at an institutional theory conference and told to just discuss. And we were in a room with maybe 10 people talking about entrepreneurship research um, in a pretty narrow way related to institutionalism. And she and I gravitated to the back of the room and just began to have this conversation that was um, quite uh, engaging right off the bat. We really hit it off. And she was an identity researcher really made her name in the identity field coming from a micro perspective and was moving up towards institutional analysis. And I was trained as a classic sociological institutional researcher who became increasingly interested in connecting to the micro. And, and we just grooved to figuring out how can we meld these literatures on identity and institutions 
in a way that might speak to issues of entrepreneurship. Um, and it, it, we hit it off, we talked um, throughout that whole uh, workshop and we left. And then I get an email from her a week later saying there's this special issue in SMJ on entrepreneurship. Should we write up our ideas? And I said, well, of course. And, and so, and then it went and we wrote this paper. The deadline for the special issue was probably two months from when we met. And so we had to scramble together very quickly a draft of a paper. Um, and uh, it came together very quickly and, and got published, accepted in the second round. And so from initial idea to publication was within a year which is remarkable and unheard of, especially for a young professor in the field. And, uh, but the whole premise was to try to figure out how to blend identity ideas with institutional ideas. That's a great story that really shows the importance of these conferences and the ability of connecting with others. From here, really, I want to move on to talking about the citation record of this paper over time. What do you think it is about the article that makes it so relevant today? Well, entrepreneurship research is multidisciplinary. It has always been dominated by economic approaches that tend to neglect the role of cultural process. I think our article contributed to a new line of work on how cultural process affects entrepreneurial dynamics by introducing new ideas from cultural sociology as well as organization theory specifically at the interface of institutional theory and identity. These are two domains of organization theory that at the time were still relatively disconnected. In retrospect, it seems that we constructed novel theory about institutional and identity dynamics that began to resonate widely with a broad array of researchers who found them useful in shedding new light on entrepreneurial process. The key points of the article have to do with focusing on how identity stories get constructed by entrepreneurs. These identity stories were both conceived of as dependent and independent variables. As a dependent variable, we theorize about how the background of entrepreneurs, including their social and human capital, along with institutional context, provided cultural resources to construct these entrepreneurial identity stories. While these stories can change over time, co-evolving with the dynamics of the field within which they are embedded, they also provide key independent variable. Question here is how well do identity stories resonate with broader audiences? Do they lead to increases in venture capital and wealth creation? Are firms able to grow and attract wider audiences, whether it be employees, investors, or customers? These kinds of questions and theoretical guideposts help to enable a more culturally sensitive approach to understanding entrepreneurial dynamics. So that more processual view of entrepreneurship, um, do you see that that's an important piece of the current uh, reliance on your older work for today's new scholars? I think um, as I've seen the, the, the field develop and, and cultural entrepreneurship has been almost a cottage industry of research. Most of the research focuses on people studying the legitimation of new ventures and thinking about those processes by which 
the storytelling by entrepreneurs resonates and variably leads to success and performance in, in a variety of kinds of outcomes. And if you track the field of entrepreneurship research from the late 90s to today, you see that it's broadened. The entrepreneurship division at the academy is one of the fastest growing divisions of the academy. And a lot of that growth is coming from a wide variety of behavioral researchers outside of the field of economics that are looking at these more process-based views, including cultural entrepreneurship and how cultural processes shape uh, the, the cultivation of entre entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial ventures and their performance outcomes. Thanks. I think there's a lot of uh, important things that you're saying there. Um, so this paper was published very early in your career, as you said. How do you see it fitting into the longer-term research that you've been doing? Well, let me, let me start by saying this idea of cultural entrepreneurship was not ours. And before there was institutional entrepreneurship, DiMaggio had published some famous papers on cultural entrepreneurship in the early 1980s. What he meant by cultural entrepreneurship is highbrow organizational forms, like museums, symphony orchestras, operas, etc. And he studied that in the context of 19th century Boston and, and thought about elite institutions. So the idea has fundamentally sociological roots. And for me, when we invoke cultural entrepreneurship, we made a certain set of arguments about entrepreneurship and storytelling and, and legitimacy and performance outcomes of entrepreneurs. But there was a set of broader ideas embedded in that article that sort of got missed along the way as the field developed. Because while at heart an entrepreneurship article, theoretically, it was about broader issues about institutional dynamics and identity. And so um, over time, while some people have picked up on that work, uh, Marianne and I have just written a new book on cultural entrepreneurship published by Cambridge in, in uh, 2019 that sort of tries to recover some of those broader um, issues, theoretical issues around identity and institutions to set a broader agenda for this field beyond thinking about the success of entrepreneurial ventures and identity. Yeah, thanks for this. And I wanted to give you an opportunity also to say, is there some things you're working on now that are building on your published ideas? And what are you working on now? In the book, we um, develop, we use an empirical example from my nanotechnology research, some of which was done with my colleague uh, Dev Jennings here and former student Tyler Rye that's at Wharton. And we sort of have an application to the study of entrepreneurial possibilities. And this is a core part of the book because while the entrepreneurship research has expanded to include many more behavioral researchers, it still is fundamentally dominated by economics and narrow economic thinking. And this is embedded in uh, the, the dominant sort of kinds of concepts in the field today around entrepreneurial opportunities, which states that entrepreneurs scan the environment and these opportunities are out there exogenously waiting to be discovered. Um, and alternatively, we develop a more institutional cultural process view 
to suggest instead of thinking about these opportunities as, as exogenous, let's look at the various kinds of pathways for the development of new kinds of entrepreneurial opportunities, we call them possibilities, um, categories of development. We leverage research on nanotechnology to think about field dynamics in a way that, that shows how uh, different kinds of cultural foci embedded in, in categories merge, come into view, ultimately get cultivated as possibilities that then entrepreneurs can, can pursue. But it's a focus that moves away from the focal point of entrepreneurs and new ventures to studying the, the development and change of fields over time. So broader kind of classical sociological and institutional questions, which bear on the field of entrepreneurship, but are of broader interest across organizational sociology. As I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that it's really important to have a program of research. Can you speak to that? Well, for lots of young people that are trying to build their careers, it's, it's easy to, for me to sort of package a narrative around it. The reality is that there's a lot of buzzing, booming confusion and chasing of opportunities and interest at the time. And, and uh, over time, we construct narratives to sort of package things together and, and go back and make sense of it. Um, and, and so I think that's important to do. I'm not trying to diminish the idea of, of uh, putting together your, your, your career. It's, it's, it tends to be a more retrospective and ongoing process than a prospective um, kind of activity. This initial 2001 paper was produced by a chance event. It, it was not a planned activity. Um, and uh, new generative, generative things come from exploratory scholarly efforts like this. Um, and, and so I think it's important to be open. Scholars need to cultivate identities. They need to make sense. They need to be able to communicate what their contributions are and what they're doing. I mean, for me, it's, it's less about being um, someone who's pioneered cultural entrepreneurship or institutional logics. It's more about someone who is part of a tradition at the interface of organizational sociology, cultural sociology, economic sociology, and uh, just having a lot of fun doing it. And I know for you, your roots in sociology are strong. And I think that they show up in most of your research. Um, as we come towards the close of this podcast, I really want to ask you if you might have some advice or suggestions for students or other junior scholars who are just getting started with their research. Well, there's um, two, two main points of emphasis. Um, and I, I recently gave a talk in Sydney on doing edgy research. And by edgy research, I mean two things. First, I think we need to be relevant. And so students should be studying things that are contemporary and relevant, whether that's climate change, having to do with the fires in Australia, whether it's, it's, the, it's new viruses that are reshaping how we do work and, and uh, the socioeconomic dynamics of, of world society. Um, we need to engage with big issues. Um, alternatively, when, when people cultivate their research, I think it's important that they have a strong position. 
And what's very helpful in cultivating a strong position to say something that's distinctive is to is what I say is to have have an enemy, have something you're arguing against. For me, it's always been microeconomics and economic researchers that really develop ideas that bracket out a lot of what we do in organizational theory, especially from cultural and processual standpoints. And my game is to try to engage conversations in fields like entrepreneurship to show what we can bring. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of my papers you'll see have this kind of edginess to them because I'm making an argument against something. Um, and, and so I, I, and I think that's important for young people to cultivate strong identities, strong positions where you can see their passion coming out in what they're doing. Well, thanks, Mike. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you very much, too. It's been a good time. If you'd like more information about Professor Michael Lounsbury's research or other podcasts in our series, please visit the Alberta School of Business Research webpage. And now to close this episode of Speaking of Research, I'll remind you that I'm Professor Trish Ray at the Alberta School of Business at the University of Alberta. Thank you for listening.